This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to For the Shire by the Shire. Each week, we speak to property and finance professionals working in and around the Sutherland Shire. Discover insider tips and tricks from the Shire's leading experts on how to get ahead in today's market. Introducing your host, Nathan Smith, the Director and Senior Mortgage Broker at the award-winning Birdie Wealth. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of For the Shire by the Shire. Today we're going to be talking all things finance, joined by another mortgage broker based in the Sutherland Shire. Uh, today we've got Lee Rosenfeld from Innovative Home Loans. He's a broker based just down the road here in Miranda and has eight years experience in both uh, banking and broking sides of finance. So it'll be really interesting to hear his perspective on those two. And uh, we had a chat prior to this and we're going to say he's one of the top two uh, brokers in the Shire. We won't give him the top spot with uh, <laughs> with uh, Birdie in the studio as well. So um, Lee, welcome aboard. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Now, um, I really want to hear a lot about your story about how you uh, got into finance and um, and how you've led to now running your own business. So, uh, what was what was life before finance? Um, before finance was was finance. Funny enough, it was life insurance, uh, uh, superannuation, real estate for a bit there, and um, working at a branch. So, I did sort of all aspects of banking, I guess, slash property. Um, before sort of getting into the, the finance world, travelled the travelled the globe for a couple of years, and then sort of come back and fell into to sort of banking slash broken world. Perfect. So you worked for a major bank prior to coming out as a mortgage broker. What made you transition across to mortgage broking? Yeah. So look, I worked ANZ Mobile Lending, so it was a good start. It was a franchised major bank. Um, so it was good to see the self-employed side of things. Really good way to learn under one brand, but your biggest thing is that you're one brand. Um, and we'll probably touch on it later about banks and brokers, but you're just restricted. You know, like if you can't do a deal, you can't do a deal. If the rates are too high, your rates are too high. So you're just losing clients left, right and centre, and you just literally can't help the client as well as you could. And it got to a point, it was a great start, and it, eventually you've got to go, well, I'm sick of saying no. Um, so made the jump to broker world. So there's 95% of the time, it's always a yes. So there's always a solution. So you've now gone out and started Innovative Home Loans. What was, uh, what was the startup year for you? Uh, 2017. And started and built that business. Tell me a bit about uh, where you started to where you are now. Yeah, so look, better than most, I guess, when I started, it wasn't just straight into broking, starting a business with nothing behind me. So I was five years at ANZ, so I still had a lot of existing clients, people knew me in the industry. Um, so I kicked off a little bit quicker than most. But just going again from one brand to all these other banks and figuring out their policies and their rates and going, oh, God, this is actually harder than I thought. So it took 12 months. It's still, I'm still learning about banks and lenders and things like that. So even coming from a banking background, understanding credit and finance, you still found that transition of broking some complexities there. Oh, massively. And that's why you and I, I guess, do so well in a sense that you know, our clients got to work with good brokers because even as a broker, it can be confusing about policies and where to go and how to get a loan approved and what's the best rate. 
you know, how does a client do that by themselves or use a broker that's not as good? Mm. Um, so just learning that to be the expert in, it's easy to be an expert for one brand, but try and be an expert across 20, 30 different lenders is a different story. I mean, we have spoken, we don't want to bash our own, uh, our own industry too much, but a lot of the real estate agents have probably had a similar message whereby the difficulty is in industries like broking and real estate, the barrier to entry is lower to become a broker or, a, or an agent, uh, and it means there's a variation in quality of brokers. Uh, you have some really uh, high-performed brokers and some lower ones. Uh, I think in the Shire, we're probably particularly blessed. There's a lot of good brokers around. There's some really high-quality brokers. So overall, I think our standard in the Sutherland Shire is probably higher than, than most areas. It, it is, and, and you still see it to this day. You know, you get a referral late on because they're working with a an inexperienced broker and you know the deal could fall over or the client could lose big deposits or miss out on the dream property um, just because or they're working with a bank and not a broker and you know the bank said no and then they said okay didn't think of another solution and you know we still see it every day how often are you taking a reality check of how much money you're talking <laughs> you know we talk mills and mills all day every day do you ever stop and just think, hang on, what are we? What sort of dollars are we talking about here? I do, but then you just got to keep kicking on, you know, because it's just, it's just moving so fast. Mm. Um, we had a downfall last year, and then all of a sudden it's come back up again, and big numbers are just flowing through, and no one blinks an eye. Yeah, I remember yeah. I, uh, I got called out by someone, and probably rightfully so, when I talked to to a lady, and she said, oh, and I said, oh, you, you, your loans. Just, just a hundred grand, and she said, "Just a hundred grand, like that's still a hundred thousand dollars." And so, uh, you do have to be conscious that, yeah, there's still it's a lot of money. Moving. Yeah, and that's a big thing. Like rates are super low. Um, you know, banks are lending again, which is which is great. But at the end of the day, it's still even. You know, just a million dollars. It can be. Ah, it's just a million dollars. You know, millionaire is not even anything these days. But it's a lot of money, and got to be able to pay it back and rates are low so you've got to forecast again working with a good broker knowing okay it's cool that rates are three percent but if they went up to four you know off the wife went on maternity leave are you still all good that's probably the best thing where unfortunately i don't think banks and some brokers don't have those conversations now we've talked a bit here about quality of brokers so let's dive into that a little bit more what do you think makes a good broker and what questions should people be asking I sort of simplify when I talk to, when I'm hiring and talking about, it's not rocket science. I think keeping it simple is pretty key in the sense. So, you know, making sure when you're seeing a broker that, you know, they're listening. They're not just trying to be the expert and telling you what you should do. So they're listening to what you want um, and they're just providing the solution. I get it all the time with clients. They, they, it's caught around the, the water fountain talk. People go, oh, offset account. Walk in, talk to a client, and they go, You go, have you heard of an offset? Yeah, yeah, my friend Joe at work said there's an offset account, I should get it. But just having somebody to explain that to you and go, Actually, doesn't really benefit me. Or what's a fixed rate? Or what's a variable rate? Um, you know, I speak to clients all the time going, Hey, I want to refinance my rates really high. And we look at it, it's on a five year fixed rate. They walked into a bank, fixed it, no one told them that there's huge rate costs. Um, so between a bank and a broker, making sure that broker or bank is explaining to you what what's associated with you know costs and everything else going forward. So for someone to identify that, 
in that first meeting or first appointment with their broker, whether it's face-to-face or on the phone, what they want to be identifying is the, uh, the broker or the bank delving deeper into their situation and not just filling out a questionnaire or a form. Are they calling you out and saying, well, why are you doing that? What are your plans over the next five years? Where do you want to go? What could change? Exactly. And I, I think it's just trust, right? And it's when we talk to our clients about real estate agents. So in a boom market, it's pretty easy to sell a house, let's say. But you've got to trust the agent. Most agents, they should be able to sell your house. Sometimes, I'm sure better agents sell it a lot more than others. But you just got to trust the person. You've got to trust that what they're telling you is true and that you've got to ref- you got referred to them by a friend who used them to sell your house. Same with a broker, same in any business, mechanics, electricians, plumbers. You know, when we go see a mechanic, myself, I don't know anything about a car. He goes, you need two grand, something to fix it. Okay, okay. You know, but you trust them because you you might know somebody of a somebody. So it's I think it's the same thing in, in our industry, um, just trusting them that they're giving you the right advice. And, yeah, that whole thing you said, long-term. You know, it's great for the next couple of years, but what's the plans? You know, and we forecasting, is this the family home for the next 20 years? No, it's an investment. What's the next one look like? What's the, what's the family life look like? You know, what's work look like? You're going to start a business. And, again, it comes down to good brokers have those conversations. Not so good brokers don't. They just want to get the deal done. Now, you've worked bank you've worked brokers now. We probably have highlighted uh, initially already some of the benefits of using a broker, but do you just want to break down kind of two or three key points you think that differentiates a mortgage broker compared to a bank? Yeah, so look, outside the the obvious is that we have a lot of lenders. Um, so as we mentioned before, most likely find a solution for you. Outside of that, that's pretty obvious. I think it's we run our own business is quite key. In, in a lot of industries, you've got to trust the person you're dealing with and you've got to also, um, as a small business, we sort of pride ourselves on client experience and getting more referrals from those clients. So we're going to do a good job. So we're going to make sure they get the best product with the best rate, but also make sure it's long-term. So when they buy the first property, they're going to sell and buy again, they're coming back to us because it's a long-term business where you got someone sitting in a bank, they're just getting paid a salary, literally asking the questions, writing down a piece of paper, here's your loan, thank you. There's no rate reviews, it's... Clock you know, off at 4.30 and... Yep, yep, you'll get a letter if rates go up or rates go down, um, where, you know, as a mortgage broker, there's, there's follow-ups, there's continuous talk, you know. So big thing last year, they talked about getting rid of trail, you know, but a good broker, the trail pays for us to follow up and allows teams to continue to get rates reduced and keep our clients always on the best rate possible, where I don't think definitely banks don't, don't do that. They'll, they'll chase you once a discharge form's in, but that's as, that's as far as it goes. Yeah, look, brokers um, live and die by their reputation and yeah. uh, Sutherland Shire is very insular. Good news uh, travels, but bad news travels twice as fast. So uh, I know both you and I are super protective of our reputations and are going above and beyond what we need to do, driving documents, doing night appointments, weekends, whatever we need to do to kind of... Yeah, and that's it. We'll we'll get the deal done. That's the the main thing, make sure the client experience is the best where, you know, I I can't say that for the the bank because at the end of the day, if you don't do the loan with with that particular guy, he still gets his good salary, still goes home to his family, um, where you and I don't get a deal done, well, our kids don't eat. (laughs) That's it. it. So 
yeah, they're probably the key points. And how do you know you're getting the best rate by going one bank? Uh, ANZ's not going to tell you that Commonwealth Bank has a cheaper rate, are they? No, no, they're not. No. And they're not going to tell you if they go, oh, we don't, you know, if you just started a job, we can't do the loan. That's as, that's the answer. Where a broker goes, oh, look, CBA, ANZ won't do it, but we've got X, Y and Z that will do it. Cool. You know, it's a solution. And let's talk about your property journey. So you're proud owner of property in the Sutherland Shire. So how was that like sitting on the other side of the fence as an actual buyer? Yeah, well, funny enough, when I bought my first place was eight years ago now, bought a unit in Cronulla. I was a first home buyer. I was 22, had to use a guarantor. So it's the same story we're seeing, you know, you and I see a lot because we work with first home buyers. That's all we're seeing now. So it was funny when I remember it. That's actually when I got the job. So the person I went and got a loan for offered me a job, funny enough. So I wasn't even looking to get into mortgage broking. I didn't know anything about anything. So I remember him talking to me, writing things down, talking about deposits and offsets, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's I another st- language, isn't it? It is, and I still remember it now when I sit with first home buyers, just try and break it down and be simple because I know it's great that I know it now, but back then I knew nothing. And just remembering that story, I think, keeps you sort of level and, and you're not sort of just being an expert and, and throwing out big words to to clients when they have no clue what you're talking about. So, yeah, we, we bought the unit and we've sold that and bought a, the house in Manoir, um, what we have now, and literally just an upgrade for the family. And now we're just looking for the for the next one, pretty much. Excellent. Yeah. Look, it's um, funny when we sit on the other side and start buying property, the nerves kick back in. But yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's probably a good trait to look for with a broker is someone who has purchased property before. Yeah, and I think it's important. It's it's funny when, when I go to buy property, I get it's so nerve-wracking. And, and you, I can tell a client, yeah, like, it's fine. It's The loan's approved. Even my own one, I'm like, you, you worry more. Yeah, I'll and, check my lending 10 times. I'll call my conveyancer 10 times. Yeah. I, I am absolutely uh, nervous. So, yeah, it, and it, but it's a massive decision. So I completely understand why you know, why people going through that. And it's good to go through that as a broker because it keeps you, again, keeps you level with your clients and you can understand what they're going through. And I, especially first home buyers um, is a big thing. If you're not on their level of explaining the process from start to finish, what exactly everything means, because you go on Google, you can be confused as hell and... You know, Information overload. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as, as brokers, that's basically our job to educate um, and remember when you and I bought our first properties we knew nothing mm. so you've got to always you know remember that now as a broker you're privy to a lot of information uh, you probably know more about people than perhaps their partners do you get to <laughs> see the the hidden credit card yeah. and every little transaction they spend the ring savings accounts you that they're not the, allowed to tell the girlfriend a whole and, lot yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, we just we had one last week where uh, a guy had called us about three times before the appointment to say, "Do not mention the, the withdrawal. There's a big withdrawal there. I'm proposing <laughs> in two weeks." So, really cool story. Now proposed. That was awesome. Um, yeah. So you're privy to so much information. So you get to see some of the habits of really successful people and also perhaps habits of people who are struggling. Mm. Let's start with people who are successful. What are some of those? those common attributes that you're seeing from, uh, let's say, people who are getting into the market at a younger age? It's normally from 
like push on the parents. I th- what I sort of feel from a younger age, like the first home buyers are really keen to get in if you yeah know their parents or have chat to the parents. They've got property or it's quite a push. But the good ones, they don't get in bad debt. You know, you see sometimes clients at late twenties, early thirties, and they've got a couple of car loans, they've got a personal loan, and they've just had a good time in their twenties, which is great. But when it comes to buying property, they've just got bad debt. Yeah. Um, so it's the ones that early on don't get the bad debt, don't get the fancy car, you know, stick with a standard sort of car, don't overload the credit card, and just keep it really simple and save. That's pretty much what most of them do. Yep, completely um, agree. So we're talking... So, yeah, I hadn't thought of that one, but you are probably right. So if people have been surrounded by property through parents and just see property as a as something that they see value in, they've seen uh, growth in property, um, it can be an indicator to get them in early. I've probably also seen the complete opposite where people have had parents perhaps who have rented their whole life and said, well, what, you know, that's not going to be me. Yep. I, you know, I want to get in nice and early and have done that. So we definitely see and, that. And I think it's just having, like, the successful ones or the ones that want to get into it will have a conversation early with someone like yourself and I where it's, hey, I'm not there yet, but where do I need to be? How do I do it? Speaking to the right people, um, not just going to the pub and, and thinking about it late 20s and going, shit, I've only got 10 grand. Yeah. So you would prefer somebody to contact you. They're saying, I'm in three years' time, I'm buying a property. You want to have that conversation early on? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it just, look, for me, it's a five-minute conversation. Yeah. But for them, it's so much more education. It's just allows them to know, you know where to be. And little um, tweaks, right? Little tweaks over three years makes a big difference to the deposit you have, to the debt you've ended up in. So, And the whole, you know, you probably see it all the time, guarantor, you know, you have conversations, you're like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. And all of a sudden they buy within six months instead of they've been saving for four years uh, and renting and got kids, whatever, and they go, geez, I can't get ahead. What did you know you can do it this way? No, I didn't know I could do it that way. So, you know, without those conversations with some, again, like yourself and I, you don't know where you're at and how you get there. Yeah. It's really interesting. You haven't mentioned one thing, which is people's salary. So you've spoken more about spending habits and debt than you have about salary. So similar uh, to the clientele we see, it's not necessarily the ones on the biggest salary are the ones getting in first. It's the ones who understand their spending and control their spending habits because that's what you can control, right? You you may have limited flexibility with what you can do with a salary depending on what industry mm. you're in and, and what you're doing there. But your spending, you've got far more control over, like steering clear of those afterpay and zip pays and don't take that credit card. Uh, that's what you can do to help get you into the market faster. Exactly. Like... These days, with again rates so low, you know, most salary like you can, you can get there, you know. And if it's not in the shire, you'd be buying an investment somewhere else. But I don't see it's the salary ever really the big issue. Um, it's just that savings, bad debt. You know, how can you save when you're paying a car loan at twelve percent and a personal loan at ten percent? Let's move on from the first home buyers and talk about people all the way through from 30s, 40s, 50s, what are some of the attributes that they've got that uh, are making them successful? Um, the big thing for the my most successful clients, take out income and, and industries that they're in because obviously we know industry, some industries earn a lot more than others, self-employed, pay YG, um, that's 
that's a little bit irrelevant because if you're on good money, you're on good money. Some people, unfortunately, it, you know, you are in the industry, you are in the industry. It is what it is. But I think just getting right advice early on, a lot of people, especially in Australia, sort of think, oh, I can do it. I'll Google it. I don't need advice. I'm not paying for advice. Why would I? You know, I'm only 30. I'm only 35. I'm only 40. I'm only 45. It's 20 years until retirement. But it's the ones that get good advice early that set themselves up. You know, you and I have financial planners. You know, we get advice because we know, we've seen these people, why they're successful. Um, you know, we see the guys 50s and 60s. So getting that set up when you're younger and when you're 50 going, perfect, I'm so glad I saw that financial plan 15 years ago. We're still talking now. I'm invested here. We've set up a structure because they're the guys that say, put your money here, put your super here, there's your insurance, make sure you're covered. When you're sort of 55, 60, if you haven't done it, early on you still can do it that's the thing I think people sort of go oh, it's too late uh, no nah, what are they going to tell me now I think you still have to you know get it set up get it for retirement what's the plan look like when you retire how much money do you want okay how do you do that where people just won't do it and that's the biggest thing I see get advice so get the right team around you get advice get your planners get your buyers agents in around you and get the right advice yep uh, but, yeah, I think you are right there with another point. This time can be your friend. The earlier you do it, the better. You can't just dig your head in the sand and say you'll sort out later. Um, use as much time as you can. Yep. I've got a question for you in relation to our industry. So the broker industry's had so many changes over the last 12 months, and you've now um, spent a few years in around it and seen the good and the bad. If you could take control of the broking industry for the day, what's one thing that you would change? Well, I'd get rid of everyone and I'd be the only broker, so <laughs> I'd do all right. <laughs> no. um, look, I don't think much needs to change in a, in a sense. They've gone a bit overboard, overkill with the, the amount of requirements and everything that's needed, but it is probably necessary to a degree because there was some bad eggs in, in the industry. I don't know if there would, there would be too much I would change. I think it's more of a conversation that banks are talking to brokers more and everyone in all spaces are working together. Um, there's a lot of clashes in not necessarily the broken industry but between banks and brokers and everyone sort of just fighting and sort of and in the industry leaders and aggregators, whatever it is. There's no, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to, get businesses, write deals for clients, get them into houses. Um, so I think it's just got to be more, everyone's got to talk a little bit more, if that yeah. makes sense. Perfect. Uh, 2020, what's next for you? Uh, we're just we're just growing. Yeah, Innovative Home Loans, we're, we're just busy. We're going to be hiring some more brokers, some more admin, just trying to stay on top of it, looks like. Started off with a pretty good property market in the Shire, busy, doesn't look like rates are dropping anytime soon um so it's just trying to stay on top of it keeping good service to our clients and that's hiring because if we just keep getting busier and not have enough staff we just can't keep the good service to the clients um look thanks so much for joining us i just wanted to see if you've got one key takeaway just want to let people leave this podcast with if they could take one piece of advice with them uh, what would that be i think it's again first home buyer talk to a broker early that's definitely the advice someone who's later on in life it's get advice um, if you don't have it and, and just check 
your finances, just review it. That's probably it. Just talk to get in contact the right with the, people. Build your team, get in contact with them, yep. and continually communicate with them. And it doesn't matter what stage you're at, if you're 20 or 50 or 60, just speak to the right people. That's literally all that the... the and a good person in whatever industry will tell you what you need to do next. Lee, where can uh, people find you? Just jump on innovativehomeloans.com.au, Facebook, Instagram. The You'll find spots. us that way. Yep, exactly. Perfect. Awesome, mate. We'll link your details below. Uh, Lee, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you spending some time talking about uh, property, finance, and uh, your experience with it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Cheers, Nath. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.